Hey, welcome everybody to Getting a Grip, the show about EOS, EOS excellence, and getting rid of inefficiency in your business through the Entrepreneur Operating System. I am Mike Maddox. I'm your host. We're so glad you're with us, and I'm really excited to have on the program today a very important guest with me, David DeJong, who is the president of Baylor Young Company here in Michigan. David and I got to know each other through EOS Circles. And David, welcome to the program. Thanks for being a guest. Hey, thank you, Mike. Looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, me too. And uh, you and I have had many discussions about EOS, and we're going to get into that as we go through the program today. But before we do that, tell the listeners a little bit about Baylor Young, if they're not familiar with the company, and even if they are, what makes you unique? What makes the company different? Sure. Baylor Young, the company is 97 years old. It's a heating and cooling distributor located in Michigan and Northwest Ohio. We just, as of this past Monday, opened our 20th location. So that's pretty exciting. And we have two distribution centers in Michigan. So we have exclusivity for Michigan and then a little bit of Northwest Ohio, but you know, we wanna take care of the end customer, meaning the homeowner. And it's been a wonderful company to work for, but it's certainly it's all about helping the customer. That's fantastic. And that's incredible growth and a long history of success. And is it that customer focus that you would say is the uniqueness of Baylor Young that sets you apart in the industry, just being maniacally focused on what is delivered to the client, that the end customer is getting value out of the product? Sure. It really ties not only into what makes Baylor Young unique, but into our core values. So through EOS, like I said, our company is 97 years old. We've always had core values, but about almost six years ago, we formalized the core values. So for example, the first one is we care about others. I mean, we care about others. We consider what's best for the team, what's best for the customer. We wanna be genuine with our dealings. The second one is we do the right thing, holding honesty, integrity, and high regard, and really demonstrating that daily. The third one is really a near and dear one to my heart, is we pursue great rather than good right? We don't settle for good enough or the status quo. It's always our job to not only get better, but use continuous improvement efforts to get better and make everyone better around us. And lastly, we do whatever it takes. You know, we just find a way to get the job done and we go above and beyond. And it really ties into really what makes Beeler Young unique. You know, we're a fourth generation company. The third generation is the chairman yet, but it's like, one of the things from that is he always told a story about his father, his father and grandfather saying, you know, we're a distribution business. We buy and sell things. So we just buy and sell things. So what uh-huh. is going to make Beeler Young unique? So, of course, over the years, furnaces, air conditioners and the like have become really a complex technical product. So yeah. it really kind of ties into our uniques, meaning we have to provide superior technical training and support by our team members to our customers. It can't be just okay. It just can't be average. It's got to be great because to get people with no heat situations or stuff like that, we got to have the best in class of the service on the technical side. It kind of ties into that. Then it's like you need our second unique is we need broad product availability. We want to have it when you need it, not three days from now, not five days from now. When you need it, we want to have it. And lastly, about the third uniques, 
really being the trusted partner before, during, and I'll say really more important after the sale. So if things happen to go wrong or something happens well after the sale, the Beeler Young Company of the world working with your licensed contractor will support you to make yeah. sure things go well. So yeah, that's awesome. Those core values are awesome. The uniques are awesome. I can see you said something else that's really interesting to me, which I have long been a believer in and talked to new companies launching EOS for the first time about this. Core values aren't created. You don't sit down when you launch EOS and just brainstorm and come up with core values. They exist. If they don't exist, you can't formalize them the way you put it. The effort in EOS is to identify what are they? Who are we? You know, and it can't be, you know, aspirational, what we want to be. It can't be accidental. It's got to be intentional. What are we all about as a company? And that exercise of documenting them and putting them down is so cathartic to me. And it's obvious to me that, you know, you and your leadership team have done that and put the effort into defining what are we all about? You talked about your founder and being a fourth generation company, and it goes back years, but the formalization effort happened with the U.S. structure, and it empowers your staff. It really empowers the staff because even though they're implied, now they're in print, they're on the documents, they're shown on the walls. Now you can see them, they're living, breathing, dynamic words that you have to live by. And not yeah. only from a customer viewpoint, but from a hiring viewpoint, from you know all the things that go along with that, living yeah, to those sure. makes a difference. And EOS helped formalize that. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had the same experience. Thanks for sharing that with us. We are out of time in this segment. We've got some commercials to get to, and we are coming back. We've got much more with David after the break, so don't go anywhere. We're coming back right after this. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. Welcome back again to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Mike Maddox, your host. I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad you're listening. This program's all about EOS. EOS is the Entrepreneurial Operating System. It's a way of getting vision, traction, and healthy into your business. And I'm really happy to have as my guest today, David DeJong. David's the president of Beeler Young. And you shared with us in the first segment, David, about the company, your core values, your three uniques, what you're all about. Tell me, and you may mention that when you documented your core values, you didn't create them, you documented them. That's part of the EOS journey. Let's talk about how you landed on EOS. How did Beeler Young come to implement EOS? Sure. About six years ago, our chairman of the board brought the book Traction back. And I had read Traction before, and it was very, very intriguing, but I thought, you know, you really need the right kind of discipline and accountability in a company to really implement it successfully. And the chairman wanted us to read the book. And so about six years ago, we as an executive team sat down and, you know, EOS journey is not always initially easy. I like to say it's incredibly simple, but not incredibly easy. Correct. Because it is like a mindset change, a philosophy change in some respects. 
because there'll be some people that will be like, we can't do that. Yeah. And there'll be others yeah. that like will jump aboard right away. And that goes from not only your executive team, leadership team, but all the way through the company. So it was really first getting your top executives on board that, yes, this philosophy, this simple philosophy can work at a company at our size. Yeah. So as goes the leadership team, so goes the company, right? Exactly. It's where it starts. So we chose EOS about six years ago. It's been, I'll say, revolutionary for us. Like I said, not only did it help us define the core values and really what makes us unique, but it really put in a structure of, I'll call it discipline and accountability. We had that, but it really amped it up even more. It really has, I'll say, been an incredible positive effect on the company. So Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We were talking on the break, you and I, about your core values and how as you implemented EOS, and you're right, it's a journey. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes focus. But you know that you see the impact daily. You were talking about the core values and how you can walk around your shop and you hear staff members talking about good isn't good enough. It needs to be great. One of your core values. And you'll hear other in the same thing I've heard at Convergence and ASK before that, when I was running those companies, you hear those core values reiterated by your staff. That's when you know that it's beyond the leadership team, that it's infiltrated the company and it's being followed by all. And it's empowering once you get it to that point. The team members have to know your top leaders have bought in because if they don't think you bought in, they're not going to buy in. Yeah, it's not a fad. It's not some business theory that we read. And, you know, that's what fascinated me about EOS, too, is that I, like you, I mean, most of us and most of the listeners out there probably can relate to this. We've read Good to Great and Scaling Up and Built to Last. We read all these books and I would come back and I'd be like, okay, how do I implement that into my business? And all EOS does is take all those great ideas and put them in an operating system that you can grab onto and you can get behind and you can implement. Correct. And then just following the practices. So did you have an implementer? We did. We were so blessed. Gino Whitman, who wrote the Traction book, his first implementer's name was Don Tinney. Don Tinney's a legend in the U.S. Don Tinney lives an hour south of me. So he was my implementer for the first year before he, I'll call it, graduated us and said, Dave, I think you can, at this point, lead the meetings from this point on. So Don really, I mean, he really makes your head think and really about what's happening in your business that you have to take care of and formalize and structure. Because EOS, I mean, as you know, Mike, is even in the book, it says it's made for companies like 50 employees or less. Yeah. But we have 280 plus. The philosophy can work at any company. It could work at a Fortune 500 company. It's the philosophy and discipline that's created through the system. I'm so glad you touched on that because that's a myth. As an EOS implementer, I hear that all the time, that EOS really only works for small businesses, small entrepreneurial companies. And while it is an entrepreneurial operating system, that's been my experience as well. It works at Baylor Young, 280, 300 employees. It works at Convergence, where I'm president. We have 250. I've seen it work at countless other companies, much larger than both of us. Because it is a philosophy, it is an operating system, and once you're bought into it and you're structured along it, it doesn't really matter what size you are. The concepts are the same. Yeah, and one thing that we did probably six months after we implemented was 
implemented at that point it was called traction tools it was a software to help facilitate that now it's called bloom growth and eos has now come out with their own but we use bloom growth to help facilitate our weekly l10 meetings and it keeps that structure consistent yeah and i would highly recommend that too we're out of time in this segment but traction tools 90.io is the one that eos worldwide has partnered with now They did start their own, but then they ended up with a strategic partnership with 90.io. It's just an online software that helps you implement it and get traction around it. So if you're listening and you are on EOS and you don't have a tool, I would suggest checking out 90.io. We're coming back right after this. Don't go anywhere. We've got more to talk about, lots more stuff to get to. So stay with us and we'll be back after the commercial break. The workplace keeps changing, and successful companies recognize and embrace change through choice, adaptability, and innovation. DBI offers affordable furniture solutions for countless workspace options that will enhance the performance of your people and organization. DBI helps customers reach their workplace goals, from improving worker effectiveness and innovation to brand expression. DBI is your office furniture partner. Learn more at dbiguess.com. Welcome back to Getting a Grip. This is Mike Maddox. I'm with David DeJong. David is the president of Beeler Young, and they are a Michigan-based EOS company. 96 years in business? 97 years. 97 years. They run on EOS very successfully, growing like crazy. David, we've talked about a lot of stuff, and I want to get into your role, because for those listening to the podcast that know EOS, they know that there's a couple of important roles in the organization and the accountability chart. One is integrator. The integrator is the person who makes everything run, makes things run on time, keeps people accountable, makes sure that everyone's aligned, that uh, the company's moving forward. The other is the visionary, who's there to think strategically, big picture, look around corners, not bogged down by the day-to-day minutia. I have sat in both seats at different times, never at the same time. You are a little bit unique, right? Because you're sitting in both the visionary and integrator seat at Beeler Young. Tell us about that. I happen to grade high on both of the online. If you go to the EOS Worldwide, you could take an integrator and a visionary test. I'm a person with lots of ideas to improve things and at the same time can execute. So I happen to sit in the visionary and integrator seat at once. So it is kind of unusual. So there are some advantages to it from the aspect of, Of course, the ideas are great, right? Which is also the downfall, right? Yeah. So from an integrator viewpoint, my integrator has to say, you know, you really got to have the humility built in to go, you know what? My ideas are not always the best ideas, and I do want vigorous debate. So I lean on my executive team, which from an EOS viewpoint is called a leadership team, but I do rely on my executive team for checks and balances. Yeah. So, because my visionary hat wants all these things done. I was going to ask you about that because when I was the visionary at ASK, when we had our visionary integrator one-on-ones, the concept works. In fact, Gino wrote another book called Rocket Fuel that's all about how visionaries and integrators work together. And it worked for us because I would come up with 10, 15 ideas a week, and my integrator had the ability to say no. 
we're not doing that right now, Mike, because we've got rocks that we've already established and you're going to overload the team and swamp the team and let's hold that or sometimes just challenge the idea. And by the time he got done challenging it, I was like, yeah, that's a stupid idea. I don't know why I ever thought right. of it. But when you are both, you either have the discipline to do that for yourself or I love what you said, trust your leadership team, your executive yeah. team to say, we're going to challenge that. I don't know that I, that's such a great idea. I actually came up with a question for myself. On any new idea, is this more important than what we said was the most important this 90 days? If yeah. it is, what's going to fall off the plate? If it's not, let's put it to the VTO issues list so it's not forgotten. So I purposely, intentionally ask myself that question to say, sure, all these ideas are floating and boy, you want all these things done. But are they more important than what we said was most important? So, yeah, which is what the integrator's role is. And it does take a unique individual. First of all, you pointed this out. You have to be a person who's got the capacity or the proclivity to do both roles. And we're not all wired that way. Like, you are unique in that regard. And I'm actually the same. I score high on both of those tests. I've never sat in both seats at the same time. I've sat in the visionary seat. And I'm more of a visionary than I am an integrator. I'm more natural there. I can sit in the integrator seat, and that's the role I fill at conversions, but I've never had to do both. And I don't think I could do both. It takes a unique person to do both. And when you and I first met and you told me you were visionary and integrator, I'll be honest, I was like, oh man, that's probably a mess. And then I got to know you better. I got to know Baylor Young better. I got to hear your story more. And I realized, no, this is a legit, this works for Baylor Young. So I want to, I guess, get rid of the myth that it can't be done. But also, I think you're stressing that it's not easy, it's challenging, and it's not recommended for the faint of heart. It is. In fact, I would not recommend it. I mean, I just happen to be blessed that way. But for most companies, you do want debate between the visionary and integrator. And you want the integrator to help weed out some of the things and making sure we don't forget about some of the great ideas. But being the same person, you can get conflicted a little bit. That's why you got to have another mechanism to vet some of the things from your visionary hat. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really good advice. And uh, I'm sure valuable for those out there that are in that position, because I meet companies all the time as an implementer who don't have, they have a visionary. Often the more common scenarios, they have a visionary who's been in both seats, is not really an integrator, but they don't have an integrator. And I love your advice that you don't recommend it. Think about it really carefully before you launch into it. There are ways to find an integrator. Sometimes I was fortunate and blessed to get one from my staff who was ready to GWC. He got it. He wanted it. He had the capability of doing it. There are fractional integrators. You can bring in a fractional integrator. There's companies that do that. So I think that's good advice for those listening. And I appreciate you sharing your experience with that. We're going to come back right after this. We've got some commercials to get to, and we've got more to talk about here on Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. Do a double take, see me on fire, see that I can break. Knew I'd be great, knew I would rise through all of the pain. Growing your business requires you to stay up to date in many areas. Foster Swift's Legal Impact Hour on Fridays provides the latest information on legal topics impacting Michigan businesses, from contracts to employment issues to health care to litigation. Listen to attorneys and business owners discuss the practical side of adhering to the laws that impact your day-to-day operations. That's Foster Swift's Legal Impact Hour, Fridays on MichiganBusinessNetwork.com or visit FosterSwift.com. 
Hey, welcome back to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Mike Maddox, your host. So glad that you are with us today. This show airs on the Michigan Business Network every Monday. So you can catch us on Mondays, and we hope that you are doing so. And please check out the other programs on the Michigan Business Network. There's a lot of valuable business content out there. None of it as good as Getting a Grip, but I'm a little bit biased in that opinion. I'm so happy to have David Jajong with me today. He is the president of Baylor Young. We're talking about EOS the EOS journey that Baylor Young has been on, David's role, how he got started. Don Tinney was his implementer. And if you're an EOS aficionado out there, you're going to be jealous like I am that he had Don Tinney. And all my clients that are listening are thinking, why can't we get Don Tinney? But that's a different subject for a different day. David, I want to talk about the foundational tools of EOS. We talked about how it works, and it works at companies of all sizes. And if you are listening and you're new to EOS, the foundational tools are fairly simple. There's six of them. It's vision, creating a vision that the entire company can rally behind and get behind and follow and work toward. It's getting the right people in the right seats, making sure that you have all the right people in the right seats. It's getting your data and your metrics and your KPIs really clear by all individuals in your company. Everybody has numbers that they need to be working toward. It's about getting your issues identified and not procrastinated, not just blown off or not lawn mowed over. I call it lawn mowing weeds, right? Where you lawn mow the weeds, they go away, but they pop back up. It's getting to the root of the issue and solving them. And then building processes. And once you identify root cause solutions, getting processes documented. And then through all of that, you develop traction as a company. And that's the foundational tools. Tell us about Baylor Young and your experience with vision and, you know, getting that established. And you said you started with your executive team, your leadership team. How did that eventually filter throughout the company? It's interesting because this coming Monday, we have our annual planning meeting. And usually what I've done the last three, four years is because we're so transparent on not only our goals for the year, where we want to go on the vision, we also look at some of our pre-thoughts for the following year. So a lot of times there is no surprise. So when I get to Monday, we want to talk about the vision for next year for 24. We've already discussed, I'll say probably in great detail, some of the very, very important things that we want to do. So there's no surprises. There's no misunderstanding of, hey, what are we going to do now? Is there a new fad or what? No, because we want to be transparent with our team members. So the vision coming with the executive team coming Monday, like I said, we've already thought about that for a few months for already in advance for 24. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited where that's going to go. Yeah, that's powerful. And, you know, people want to be part of something bigger than themselves and they want to see the big picture. And I think so many businesses make the catastrophic mistake of not spending time developing that, articulating that sharing that, and then it becomes monotonous within the business, right? People want to be part of something bigger. Yeah, in fact, I mentioned to you, Mike, during the break that every quarter I do a 10-minute video state of the company update, and that is to continue to promote that vision, make sure you would have to crawl under a rock to not understand what's going on in the company. Yeah. So that's really exciting. And once you get the vision established, it's important to have the right people in the right seats. So the tool, yeah, and the EOS calls it right people, right seats. So the right person is somebody who's aligned on your core values, who is not only saying the right things, but lives and breathes the core values of the company. You mentioned you use core values to interview. We do too. And 
I'll often tell candidates that the reason I'm spending so much time on the core values is if you're not aligned on our core values, you're not going to like it here. I mean, eventually you're not going to like it here and yeah. because it's who we are. That's the right person. Right seat is making sure they are in a job that they get, they want, and they have the ability to be successful at. How did you get that? I mean, that takes time. That's hard work. It does. But, you know, the traction book kind of warned you a bunch of things and you think, oh, that's about some other company. That's not, right? The right people in the right seats is almost the most critical thing. And just got to realize you will have some people, once things are defined, that they will self-select. Some of them are going to self-select out of your company, and you got to be okay with that. Knowing that based on those core values and where you want to go on the vision, you're going to find the right person that aligns with you and greater things will happen for the future. We saw that. There were some self-selections. There was change on our executive slash leadership team. Yeah what happened we thought oh not here at Beeler Young but yes yes it does happen and when you look in the long term in retrospect it is always looks better yeah and we're going to get into in the next segment metrics and KPIs and measuring which is usually the indicator that you maybe have somebody in the wrong seat but I can relate to your experience the same thing I've seen over and over again in my own company and at clients that I've worked with They think, well, that's a different company. But then when they start working into it, they realize some of the people are just the wrong people. They may be really smart or really skilled in a particular area. Mike, you'll have people that say like, well, Johnny or Susie are, oh, they're so talented. But one, if they don't align with the core values, you could have the smartest person in the room, but you're going to have a silo. You're not going to get to the promised land. No, you're not. And they're going to train your company of energy, too. And Patrick Lencioni talks about that in his books, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team and the Ideal Team Player. So if you're listening, you want to check out more about that concept, check that out. But uh, appreciate you sharing that with us. And right after the break, we're going to talk about metrics because that's how you measure. And I want to get into that because I want to get your thoughts on that. And uh, I think there's a lot of people with misconceptions of what that is. So stay with us. We're coming back to talk about that and much more after this. something to grow it takes time like the equity in your home that's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit because frequent watering of your house plants may be recommended now can we get a new roof not so much the rest of the house want the best rates for a home equity line of credit ask for LaughQ stop in today or go to laughq.com slash home equity LaughQ your credit union for life Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. I am Mike Maddox, your host, and I'm with David DeJong, who is the president of Baylor Young. And we are talking about EOS and David and Baylor Young's experience with the EOS journey and what it's done for his company. And we're in the middle of talking about some of the foundational tools. And David, in the last segment, we talked about creating the vision and getting everyone aligned on the same vision and getting the right people in the right seats. One of the indicators and the third foundational tool of EOS that allows you to know if you have the right people in the right seats is metrics and KPIs. And I want to get your take on this and your experience with it, because what I often hear when I coach on metrics is it feels like micromanagement. Our people are going to resist. And 
what I try to share, and maybe I don't do a good enough job of it, that's why I have you on as a guest to explain it, is that good people want to know what it's going to take to be successful. They want to know what we're going to measure. And tell our listeners about your experience with metrics and getting those implemented through the U.S. journey. Sure. Literally, I heard the same thing from a number of EOS companies when I researched that. Once they get to the data metric stage, there's a little bit of hesitation. We were just really blessed at Beeler Young. About eight, nine years ago, I worked with one of our IT developers because I wanted to put data at people's fingertips, all our 20 branches in our DCs, almost on a real-time basis. And I developed with one of our developers something called Live Stats. And they could see what is expected of them. And they could measure things Some of them were updated every five minutes. So there was a daily scorecard or even an hourly scorecard. So what they do, so when we got to the metrics, implementing the scorecard for EOS, it was really a non-issue because we had that in place across all the branches. When it went live, in fact, there's a TV behind me. When it went live, great people want to be measured. Yeah. And when the things aren't going as well, it's like now it forces the question is, what can we do to get better? It almost takes it off from a personal basis and like, oh, this isn't working. It's like, well, a lot of times it's a process issue. Absolutely. So, and I couldn't agree more on the first point that great people want to be measured. They want to know what it is, what it looks like to be successful. What are the tangible metrics we're going to use? And I say we because When we implement metrics, and when I coach on implementing metrics, it's a conversation. It's not handed down from on high. It's a dialogue. What does it mean to be successful in this role? And often the person in the role has more insight than the manager or the leader. So it is a bi-directional conversation. But when the metrics aren't being met, I found it's often not the individual. It's something in the company process that's preventing them from meeting the metric, which is critically important for company success. So that creates issues. And that's a fourth foundational area of EOS, which is identifying issues, which are basically problems that we have to solve. And so talk about your experience with that. Yes. In fact, one of the things that I implemented a number of years ago here, and it's been very, very successful, we have a 21 functional department leaders, managers. And we get together for like the second Monday of the month for a hour and a half update. But one part of the update is, I mean, you have a financial update, but then we have a metric update. And if someone's metric is in the red, they have to discuss to the group of 21 why they're in the red. And the other 20 people have to say, is there anything I can do to help you get back on track? Yeah. That's beautiful. And, and that's, you know, sometimes things happen and you're in the red for maybe a legitimate reason, but it's really led to great dialogue about, okay, this is really important. And how can I help you get back to where you should be? And it's really worked out great. Yeah. You know, and it brings to mind another difference that EOS brought in my personal experience, which is prior to EOS, we would talk about our problems and our issues. And I remember running management meetings and leadership meetings where we would discuss an issue for an hour and a half and honestly, never really get to the root problem, right? Never get to what's the root of this issue. We talk about a lot of symptoms. We talk about potential solutions. We talk about a lot of tangents, but never dove into exactly what is the root of this. And your question by the other 20 of what can I do to help you solve that gets to the root. 
because sometimes solving it, in fact, almost always solving it involves multiple people in multiple different areas. Correct. Curious on your reaction to this. I've always said, too, that I would rather in those weekly meetings when we're IDSing, IDS, of course, is an EOS term, identify, discuss, and solve. Identify the issue, discuss it, make sure you understand what the root of it is, and then try to solve it. We're IDSing. I'd rather solve one issue in that meeting forever than 10 issues for never. And I used to, in my old, you know, prior to US, we'd solve 10 issues for never, right? We just right. kind of lawn mow the weed, right? Mike, I feel the same way. And to solve them forever is just refreshing because some of these problems could be going on for decades. Yeah. And to get it finally solved, it actually is a big motivator for the company too. It's like, okay, what's the next one? Exactly. That's been my experience too. It creates that momentum. Hey, we're out of time in this segment. We are coming back with more with David DeJong. Don't go anywhere. We're so glad you're listening. Stay with us and we'll be back right after this commercial break. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. Welcome back to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. So glad you're with us. David DeJong is my guest this week. And David, we've covered a lot of ground. We've talked about EOS foundational tools. We've talked about your EOS journey, how you got started. We've broken some myths around EOS that it's only for small companies, that you can't be visionary and integrator. You've also thrown a warning out there that be careful if you're going to do that, that it's not easy. Any advice for companies that are considering EOS? They may have read traction or heard about it. Any thoughts you'd share with them? I guess my first thought is start today. I mean, any journey starts with a single step. Read the book. Talk to your leadership team. It can be done at all levels, at all sizes of companies, but it takes some risk of someone stepping out and going like, you know what, this could be transformational for my company. And you're going to find if you go down the journey, it will be but just yeah. take the step. Yeah, and I would recommend also, I'd add to that by saying, reach out to an EOS implementer to do what's called a 90. I'm an EOS implementer. If you want to reach out to me, you can, or you can look up somebody in your area. If you go to EOS Worldwide, all the implementers are on their website. In the 90, I have yet to meet an EOS professional implementer who is trying to sell you on anything. So they're going to come in and do a 90-minute session with your leadership team and just tell you, everything that EOS is, what the foundational tools are, how the journey works, what their implementation style is, it's up to you to decide whether it's a fit or not. And I think you'd agree with me. I've not met, and it probably goes back to Gino and Don Tinney's philosophy, but you know, nobody's out there trying to force fit it. If it's not a fit for you, no harm done, but those are free. So I would recommend that. Hey, something else I want to get into before we're out of time is our listeners would be interested in this. You are a boxing, professional boxing judge. Yes, as a hobby. I know people say, how can you be a president, CPA, and a boxing judge? I mean, quick story. I mean, I think it does come back to one of the core values. It's about being great rather than good. I was actually, Mike, I was watching TV, like Friday Night Fights on ESPN in 2011, and the boxing card was in Michigan, and the judging wasn't very good. The ESPN announcers were kind of being very harsh on the judges. And I thought, I could do better than this. I can do better than this. It started there. 
I can do better than this. So it's like those companies that want to take, say, can I do EOS? Take a step and try. So I did that. I called the state of Michigan and eventually got a whole bunch of stuff done and went to Kansas City. Within two weeks, I won a national outstanding official award. And a lot of these veterans are going like, who are you? But <laughs> it's been a 10, 11 year journey right now. I've been blessed to do world title fights. I just did a main event on ESPN the last couple of months. And I got a big fight coming up that I got to fly down to Miami. But it's still to me, even that, Mike, comes back to EOS. It's like taking a risk, pursuing great. Yeah, You could pursue great, whether it's in your business or your personal life. It's about not settling just for average. And I think you can apply that across really your whole entire life, your emotional life, spiritual life, your family, the whole thing. So take a risk, take a step. I guess I can encourage people to do. That is so well said. And it also ties into another benefit that I've experienced and I know you have from EOS, which is the freedom to pursue other passions. Once you get traction in your business, you get this thing running on a common vision, healthy habits, and you get momentum underneath you. I found that I had freedom to pursue other passions. For you, it was judging boxing. For me, it's implementing EOS. So you have my day job, but I have freedom. I have the time because it's not like I'm pushing the business up a hill anymore. The business has its own momentum, right? I'm playing a role in it. Yeah, Mike, I got one last thing. My senior VP of sales, when we implemented EOS, he was a skeptic. Six months later, he came over and gave me a hug. And he goes, Dave, (laughs) I don't get it. I'm getting more done and I have more time. It's almost counter, right? Yeah. So EOS can do marvelous things for companies if they take that step. Yeah, I've shared this before, you know, with lots of people, but I did a survey, you know, we all do staff surveys and it was about eight months after we started our EOS journey. And I put a question in that simply said on a scale of one to 10, how important is EOS to our success, to our future success? And my company was an IT company, is an IT company. The folks that work for us are not they're not high graders. I mean, they're pretty resistant to change. They're technical. You know, they challenge every thought. It's the only question I've ever asked in a survey, though, where 100% of the staff rated it a 10. Yes. And I knew, I remember looking at my integrator and I said, I couldn't take EOS out if I wanted to. Like, and I don't want to, but I couldn't. I feel the same. I give it a solid 10, too, because that structure and discipline accountability that even grows on what you already had established is just so critical. And to lose that, would be just detrimental. Well, thanks, David, for being on. Thanks for sharing your thoughts, your experience. It's been a blast talking to you, my friend. And for those of you who are interested in learning more about Baylor Young, you can find out more at their website, which is BaylorYoung.com. Right. And thanks again for being with us. Thanks all of you for listening. We'll be back next week on Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. Yes.